This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson. with me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Going good. 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 Yeah. Eat anything interesting lately? <laughs> Ryan was just telling us. Well, Ryan has been so, saying, like, so I, I've, I have COVID. I've had COVID for, this is like, I think, day five or six for me, um, which I've been fortunate enough where it's like it feels like just mild flu symptoms there was a like a mild fever situation but earlier i was telling eric i'm one of these people who actually enjoys having a fever not like i'm thrilled about it but what it is is it's like oh cool my body's fighting shit and i'm just gonna lay in a bed and be super fucking warm and i like being warm is that Um, like being being really excited like knowing there's like a big fight going on somewhere and you're like yeah it's happening that's cool but you're not like I think it's one of those things that, like, yeah. oh, cool, I can justifiably lay down and not make myself feel guilty for not doing something. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though what I am doing is layering, like, five blankets on me and just sweating. But it's just like, I don't care, just kill whatever is inside But But, but I, I think, I, honestly, if I ate what you ate, I would be under well, a blanket well, sweating. No, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, bre- I'm building up to it, Joe. So the one good thing about my COVID thing is that I get to still taste shit. Let me rephrase that. I get to still taste food. No, that <laughs> um, was accurate. <laughs> um, and so I, I've admitted that I uh, I thoroughly enjoy the Cheetos jalapeno fa- flavored mac and cheese. Um, and being in be, having COVID, fatigue is probably one of the fucking worst things if you're actually doing pretty well with it. Fatigue is the fucking worst. It's unpredictable and whatever. Um, so I made a fat-ass batch of fucking um, jalapeno Cheetos mac and cheese. And I also bought store-cooked, uh, like, um, chicken tenders from, like, our pick-and-save. Pick this is before I got COVID, mind you guys. This is when my partner had COVID. And, like, I was still negative. And I'm like, so when my resource is mine, I'm like, I'm going to ba- grab a big box of these and some chicken strips because I know... I'm probably going to get sick, and I'm not going to want to do much. And I was fucking dead on. And it's like, so I think in my head, I'm like, oh, if I get the COVID mouth thing, like, you know, I can't taste shit. Um, I want something spicy so I can get, like, some kind of sensation. I'm going to lose my mind otherwise. Uh, turns out I could taste just fine. And I really enjoyed the whole thing. But the worst part was actually just the microwaving of a fucking cooked chicken tender fairly dry but dice that mix it in with just jalapeno cheese great yeah added to the fact that i'm sweating underneath a blanket just add add just just really seals in the flavors of all sorts <laughs> i can really say um since the smell still worked too unfortunately sounds but, like a culinary masterpiece so. yeah well the way that i cook 
I was saying, like, like <laughs> I, I don't just make the mac and cheese as I was, like, advocating when we had our conversation. It's an ingredient. Like, I mix other stuff in there. I do some, fr- like, those fried, those uh, crispy fried onions, like, French's fried onions. And mm. I also cut up some garlic and then roast that a little bit so it's, like, crispy, cooked, and I throw that on top. I do various stuff with it. But what I can do when I'm sick, um, and it's just, it's- like, fuck it tastes really it kind of reminds me of those uh cookbooks you'll come across like the ramen noodle cookbook that's yes. like a hundred different ways to like dress up a pack of ramen you know are like, you poor and you have very once. limited fucking ingredients <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna turn you into uh, a culinary what? masterpiece of just junk yeah. yeah well don't get me wrong i'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing because i've had some of those and they're actually some of them turn out pretty decent but yeah. you know at the end of the day it's still ramen so yeah yeah oh, i yeah. I'm a, I'm i mean i've done these the... frozen vegetables and adds it to his ramen so i'm like oh that's not a bad idea it's I mean, not I... <laughs> like it's I, i'm not gonna good. say i haven't done like the late night snacking bowl of leftovers where it's just like all right a little bit of this a little bit of that you just oh, kinda, yeah it's all there but that's that's usually out of you know desperation or drunk but yeah or both well, the economy sucks right now so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm very good at what i adapt to i i'm i'm you are the first person uh to tell me they enjoy the cheeto mac and cheese so yes. oh i know I... so many fucking people who enjoy it there's a reason huh. it's still around a year i mean later. i do too they're they're both five um, <laughs> i'm talking and, about uh... peers my age the 32 yeah. age yeah, it, and like I didn't find it like like I couldn't eat it. It was it was okay. It's box mac it's and like cheese. To, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, talking about trying to eat. Well, I'm glad you Ryan can. had a good dinner. Yeah. Um, yes. I I will say this. Yeah. Uh, when I I woke up at seven a.m. when I found out I had COVID, um, I tested myself. Found out I had COVID. No, it was 6.30 a.m. Sorry, it was even earlier. Woke up, decided to test myself, tested positive. (laughs) Uh, Told Joe and Eric as I was microwaving one of my chicken strips, ate it, and went back to sleep. That's the first thing I did when I had COVID. It was a a rare, like, early morning message. Like, oh, I I heard the ding, like the Facebook ding, and usually it's one of you two on... Well, one of you two and one other of my friends that writes to me on Facebook. So it's one of three people. And you were the last person I thought it was going to be at like 7 in the morning. Yeah, (laughs) I'm usually up at like 9.30 or 10 because I stay up very late working on stuff. But it's one of those things where it's just like... I I, I mean, honestly, when you were just describing that concoction of flavors, all I could think of was these sound like pregnancy cravings. So (laughs) When I'm sick... Yeah, it's it happens like that. Like I I just want to eat so much and I don't like I don't want to say I don't care. It is very specific. But like it was that weird I even said in the message to you guys, I am eating a breakfast microwave. I tested positive yeah. and I'm eating a a a, chick, a chicken strip and I'm going to sleep. Like <laughs> like Yep. That was yep. a and then two days later, I told my parents. So I mean, congratulations, have you, have you, you guys took part. Have, in have you um, have you done a pregnancy test though, just to be sure? If I do, I, I I'm gonna name it Zamis 
So yeah, yes. <laughs> is this the, the segue we we're aiming for? There's a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Tangents yeah, so, with Ryan. So, yeah, we 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 did actually watch a movie as well as uh, you know cook and dine on these culinary delights this week. Uh, the movie we watched, of course, if you picked up the reference or you know looked at the title of the episode, you would know it is 1985's Enemy Mine. Marooned on a desolate planet, he is a soldier. Alone with his enemy. Also, don't you understand English, code face? I don't love you and you don't love me. We're strangers, you understand? His suspicion will change <laughs> to tolerance. <laughs> saved my life. Why? I need to look at another face, even as ugly as yours. Tolerance will lead to friendship. We should open up a little place here. I could ruin the food. You could scare away the customers. <laughs> and with that friendship will come an overwhelming responsibility. Must be a parent. Don't get around, Jerry. You must take my place. Protecting a life he values more than his own. Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr. Wolfgang Peterson's Enemy Mine. This uh, was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, starring Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr. Um, get you a quick synopsis. During a war between humans and the reptilian Drac race, spaceship pilot Willis Davidge ends up stranded on an alien world along with enemy fighter Jeriba Shigen. If that's how you remember, I just think of jerry but yeah while both willis jerry, right? <laughs> while both willis and his drag counterpart can breathe on the planet the environment and its creatures are relatively hostile forcing the two to work together to survive as time goes by willis and jeriba become unlikely friends through their unique relationship though their unique relationship faces considerable challenges makes it sound like a very low-key drama which it has those points but that was a very mm-hmm. like you know keying yeah. in on the more dramatic elements of the mm-hmm. of the script but because i would say like watching this movie it yeah it technically does that like within like the first 10 15 minutes their relationship really blossomed fucking fast the it pacing does. of this movie is very yeah. bizarre yeah it is it spends a long time in like the middle section that you wouldn't think it would it, it's actually we'll probably come back around to this but we i actually think it's one of those strengths yeah. is it like focuses on different things so yeah. Um, yeah. Enemy Mine. What? What? Um. Uh, what is your history with this one? Uh, have you guys seen this one before, or is this the um, first time? I I remember when this came out because I remember the poster for it. I remember my dad even pointing it out to me, and I think he had seen it. I don't know. Should ask him. Um. But I remember seeing it maybe in clips here and there, and then I'm sure I watched it at one point in high school or college or something like that but honestly watching it this time I, it, 
if I have seen it, I'd pretty much forgotten it other than a few scenes. Um, but I, I specifically remember, yeah, it came out in 85, so I would have been, you know, four, but I, I did do remember the imagery from this, uh, when it came, especially the iconic poster. Are right, you, Ryan? Well, for me, it was one of those situations where I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, I, I know, yeah, I've seen this movie, and it was definitely on, like, the, like, the cable movie channel stars which is how we actually watch this um it was definitely on there and like yep i recognize the makeup dennis quaid everything watching the movie i'm like i remember none of this i did i see this movie (laughs) um because i would have fucking remembered this movie i remember all kinds of weird ass shit yeah um whether i want to or not this one it was completely new to me um yeah you are I um I think I remember seeing bits and pieces of this being younger than uh, a teenager, but I know the first time that I like remember seeing this movie in its entirety is when I was working at the video store in in the small town we grew up in, and um yeah, really really enjoying it and being pleasantly surprised by it because I think it was kind of a uh, not that it was unsuccessful, but I think by the point you know, a decade or a decade and a half had passed from it. I don't think it was one that people were talking about a lot or that you heard much about. And so it was kind of a, kind of a pleasant surprise or kind of a, um, one of my like discoveries. And I think I went and showed it to some people shortly after that. And I think I ended up with the copy, the VHS copy of it that our video store had, uh, when they, when they like sold off a bunch of their VHS stock, I think I ended up with that one and had it probably through college until whenever I dumped most of my VHS tapes. But yeah um, yeah so i mean it, it is um neat to see dennis quaid in this role i mean like i've just never seen him in as like a kind of douchey hotshot pilot in a sci-fi movie before yeah it oh, doesn't God, sound familiar never. to me yeah yeah but he's Especially actually there's ever a fucking typecast for anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but he he is actually I thought pretty good in this. Um, he is because like there's a lot on, of story yeah. that happens. Yeah, especially later on, he he really pulls out the the acting chops. But that's still nothing in comparison to Lewis Gossett Jr. in this. Yeah, he's, he's the star shit. of the show. Yeah, this whole movie, you think you know what it is that you're gonna get coming into it. Like I said, like in the first five fucking minutes, it's like douchey Dennis Quaid alien survival story on a planet thing like okay this is just gonna be a bunch of fucking conflict and we got fucking i'm like i i think if i was gonna take notes for this the first thing i was putting down like i don't know how long i can fucking stand douchey will <laughs> dennis quaid mm-hmm. this whole fucking mm-hmm. time and how quick did they get rid of that not like not as quick as they should have but like yeah. within like how 15 sweet. minutes after a while it, the so when they like I said, I have a number of notes here. Uh, yeah. When they do crash on the the land, the um, the the death of the co-pilot scene is yeah. pretty effective. Yeah, and like, that really is where you kind of see that first snap in Dennis Quaid's character. Like, oh, you know, that's when he he first kind of like takes it down a notch. Yeah, and then a... you know, you know. It, also, it, it well, continues you falling. Would have been there. okay if he would have put put down his fucking helmet. Like, what's the point yeah. of wearing a helmet? But anyways, yeah. <laughs> the 
there there are a lot of really impressive things about this movie production wise like special effects are, are decent at least for yeah. you know 1985 uh the makeup ended up being very good i think there's some production history to that if we get to to that place mm-hmm. but but despite all of that like all that stuff is fine i think this movie actually shines in its dramatic mo- it's more dramatic moments like that uh i think it's what kind of sets it apart from other sci-fi action adventure movies um you know, post Star Wars, at least. Um, yeah, that is, and uh, and that dogfight at the beginning yeah. is something right out of Star Wars. You know, the space dogfight scene. Oh, yeah. 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 So that moment, while we're on the subject of it, it'll be quick. But that's when, like, right away, I'm like, what's the pacing of this movie gonna be like? Because things escalated very fucking quick. Like this movie didn't want to take too long, and want to go straight to as fast as it fucking could to. These these castaways essentially these these stranded opposites need to meet, and mm-hmm. like almost to the detriment of whatever buildup was prior to the point where I'm like, I think we could have just started the movie with the crash. Like yeah. I don't think there I was really were, yeah. getting anything out of this weird like world building thing that couldn't have been done steadily like subtly throughout. Um, yeah, I don't really it think suffers even... a bit. Yeah, it suffers because, a bit like, because of, there is no world building. Like they don't really do. It. You have to kind of learn that later on. As you know, when he returns, you get a little, you get a lot more of it. Like you understand well, they, the world better. Like, well, that's because they do it in a way like he's understanding his 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 um, alien, you know, uh, essentially partner in this situation, like a uh, friend. Uh, and you, that's how they do the world building through because you're learning it through him. Like, yeah, that's a great way. That's the perfect way to fucking do it. But they do like that weird like voiceover like this is what we're doing and this is how yeah, the shit oh, yeah. is. that that was another one of my notes I too was the narration. I, I really didn't like the narration. It's just kind of a sloppy way of getting your exposition out. Zero percent of it was actually gone. necessary. Watch the movie and block that out. I don't think they yeah. needed it. I actually right. think you could watch it without the narration and it would make perfect sense. You didn't need it at all. It was terrible. Yeah. But that was an eighties that like that happened to so many movies. I'm pretty sure those things like you would get to the studio executives and they're like, well, what if somebody doesn't put these two things together? Like that you obviously can put together right. if you're paying attention. Um, and they go back and they make, you know, the lead actor. The, the main thing that they wanted to me even more is that they switched narrators a couple of times. Like it was most of the time it was Davidge, yeah. but then there was like this omniscient narrator as well. Like at the it's very like, end. Whoa, I think. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. I think at the very yeah. beginning and the very end. And, and then this movie does in, do in it, it's, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry. No, I was gonna say it in the movie, not not the bookends. You have Davidge the whole time and Stannis Quaid doing the narrating, but and that's a that's another like thing against this movie, and I I know we're gonna go through it more, um, but this movie does weird fucking decisions like out of the blue that have that make no fucking sense, and what we're just like, but we're moving on. I'm like, oh, like what? There's more in the end. But like the beginning part, like his one of his co-pilot when I, when I one of his pilot friends gets killed right away, like you don't even know who she's just she just shot down by this dude, the dude he ends up being stranded with, and like that was his whole motivation, like ah I'm gonna chase him down. And this is where I hated the fucking character right away because he's like clearly endangering everybody here, and mm-hmm. and it results in them crash landing and him and his uh, co-pilot dying as a result of this. Um, it's just like that idea, like you are responsible, but they didn't really throw that down. 
as much I think they could have as a narrative element to help shape this character. It's just like he just continued to be a douche. I really didn't know how this movie was going to go. But like the whole middle part of this movie is like the fucking golden piece of it. It's just like yeah. this whole relationship and how they really develop and you really get invested quickly and all the weird up and downs that are really cool. And then other times, what the fuck? Yeah. So. Yeah. Douche, douchebag, uh, Davage pokes his yeah. head out even Douche towards Davage. the end a couple of times. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think that is the interesting thing about this movie is that it's, it's not the stuff you would think is, is the most powerful part of a sci-fi adventure film. Um, yeah. that is the strongest when it, when it turns into an action adventure film is kind of the weaker moments I think yeah. in this movie and like it's a... not only weak but just they feel shoehorned in like painfully yeah. shoehorned it, in there's, there's also I mean this is based on a novella mm-hmm. um, that came out in 1979 and then oh, I didn't know that yeah and then it was republished again and then later it was expanded after the movie came out but um there's there's probably a lot of st- even if it's a novella there's probably a ton of story there that it you know it's easy to tell versus show and right. i think they tried cramming a lot of story into this and the the pacing ended up yeah being really really strange like even the timing I, like i so how long were they marooned there it was like 3 years yeah, you find out see, later yeah. it was 3 years you find out later it was like 3 years but in that time they mastered each other's languages and well the, I don't know, maybe maybe drax can just do that i was gonna say the drac learns his language so quickly that it must be a i, I just kind of took it as maybe it's a drac they you know they have that um ability to kind of just soak up the language and he just he just learned it and could use it and it, it did it did you saw that it took dennis quaid's character longer to learn the language yeah. and it was more difficult for him well you see so. other members of his species enslaved and they could all speak english yeah. So clearly, yeah. like, yeah, I agree with yeah. you there. So they're picking that up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And but also, Jerry like, there, I think there's also an unwillingness that. on Jerry, like they, because they yeah. tried to explore like that bigotry type in the beginning, like, like he's very, yeah, yeah. But the, um, you mentioned the makeup and the well, the makeup effects obviously, but the the other special effects too being pretty good. For their time even some today i really loved the native creature designs yeah those are me too. yeah i think those they're were cool. really um primitive it reminded me of, of like cambrian fossils and stuff like that like really really old very primitive stuff mm-hmm. um and so that was kind of cool even that the sand the tentacle part of the sandworm oh like in the it's almost like a antlion actually yeah antline trap sorry the, um <clears throat> yeah. those are really you, cool i was gonna bring up the same the same creature yeah that one's oh cool. i'm sorry <laughs> no the couple times you get a look at like when you get a look at the actual creature not the little like uh the head tentacle whatever it is yeah yeah whatever it is yeah it's it's but it, even it all the... holds up really well i think the, the planet itself is very well um I don't know if it's well characterized. I can't quite figure out the climate or, or you know, what's going on. Um, I assume it's seasonal, and since they're there for three years, it makes sense. It's it's just all kind of condensed into what you get. But um, yeah, the the um, 
native life there is is cool. All the creature stuff's cool. Mm-hmm. I could have used a little more of it, honestly. I agree. Like, yeah. I would yeah. like to see what they were eating. Like, I would have liked to see some like hunting and them trying to figure out how to, you know, figure all that out. I'm not sure. Even after watching the film, I've seen this. This is probably my fifth time seeing it or more. Um, I'm still not sure what they were surviving on. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, they were I, living I off of those those big louse looking trilobite thingies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know they were eating the those shell. for sure. Yeah, because yeah. that's when they discovered that the shells are mm-hmm. meteorite proof, which was a cool idea. That was like a yeah. I like I like in science fiction films where they they tie that kind of stuff in. Like, why would this organism have this? Well, because of what's going on on that planet. Yeah. Right. It's clever. It gets bombarded. Yeah. yeah. I also I think they were really jer- making it into jerky. Yeah, you lot. saw strips of it. Yeah. Yeah. I also um, really like the ship designs, like when you see both of their crashed ships, obviously, you know, the, the Earthling one is familiar, um, you know, it looks like a spaceship, but the the Drax ship, it's all like these glass orbs mm-hmm. full of different fluids, and it's just, those little details are it's, really, really effective. It's very classic sci-fi look, like, and I will give it that, like... So there are certain parts of it where it's just like, mm. um, but a lot of it, like the way that they had like this, like just this like B movie sci-fi appearance and they just go for it. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're not tr- like, cause you worry about like things like trying to do star Wars. Like it's still at this time, things would be trying to emulate. Yeah. And it's like, you never can quite emulate like the beauty in the design that is the star Wars tech in those universes and like how it like i think star wars kind of raised the bar for that i think like how they did it was just so perfect but this did a good job of kind of just showing those like classic pop culture pulp science fiction novel types like with like joe was saying like the weird orbs on the laser gun and these kind of classic looking ships that we can recognize but they do have quote-unquote a modern look modern mm-hmm. for 85 yeah um that right. is kind of fun to it i'm like okay yeah i'm some I'm of the this. some of the other special effects felt a little sloppy at times yeah like some of the matting and stuff like that yeah um but you can tell a lot of a lot of attention was put into creature designs and the makeup yeah, yeah. um even yeah, the little they... you know for for the 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 drac makeup where they've got these like pulsating kind of ear sacks um really really cool yeah little details kind of they kind of like it moves with their breath almost like some kind of i don't know if it is their breathing apparatus or what what it is exactly but um yeah they uh started shooting this film with a different director and Mm -hmm. um in, in 1984 and because of the well two two things they had they were shooting in on location in iceland and supposedly the weather was so bad they could just not get the shots they needed and everything nothing was matching up because they'd have you know snow rain you know no sun clouds sun you know, uh. um and also the director just didn't seem to have a good grip on how to shoot the the special effects character so lewis gossett jr's um costume which was a different costume initially uh they said it just looked like a bad uh, 50s sci-fi like frog creature of some sort yeah and so that so when wolfgang peterson took over took over the film he threw that back at the drawing board they redesigned the costume entirely 
and uh, paid a lot of attention to those efforts, to, to those aspects of the film. So I think you're you're probably exactly right. Those aspects were the things that like they revamped and they paid a you know extra yeah. special attention to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it was apparent in some scenes. Yeah, and then most of this movie ended up being shot not on location but in sound stages, and so they were able to control the weather. Uh, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah, because I will say that creature design for Jerry and the performance together, like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of heartbreaking when you, like, he's only actually in the half of the movie. Really. Yeah. And yeah. it is such a great performance, and it's really an interesting performance if you're familiar with other work of Louis Gossett Jr. So, like, it's yeah. just a very different character and a very different kind of thing for him. Um, very like lovable mm-hmm. yeah. they Funny pack enough. so much into this though with like the metaphors for everything including some that i mean that are really ahead of their time oh yeah like parenting <laughs> of a mixed um, species uh and adoption in a way yeah the family cover, units yeah, yeah. G- Even genderless f- uh genderless yeah, yeah non-binary yeah. and they and they successfully do it in a film in 1985 they refer to uh jerry as they and well it, it, the the great line in there when he says something about well ladies always get pregnant when they're going into labor and jerry says it stops goes i am not a lady but he doesn't yeah, go on to say anything about yeah. being a man either no, he's like, like he just yeah. he's just well we like, keep saying he i think because of the right. actor but <laughs> yeah. yeah we do it is yeah it's, it, it should be they that's true. but yeah but they yeah. even do a good job with that in the in the movie so we should we should yeah. probably do better but yes because let's lose guy i yeah i'm thinking of he but yeah but yeah yeah that's right you know they said like i am not a woman well i was just gonna say, like there there is a bit more of like a a, a masculine type um portrayal until the pregnancy starts until and pregnancy. you start seeing this really cool like embracing of of femininity in well, it, like, it, tenderness yeah re- yeah but like knitting the little pajamas and stuff you know like that but was i think that's really like cool yeah and the focus i think the focus on lineage and like it's interesting yeah. because they're they they create their the next by themselves this is what i was going to bring up is this like um so jerry when when being confronted by will is it's just like your species separated its sexes all you guys are is alone and all you look for is those one moments those single moments in which you're not which I am never alone. I'm always have all the parts, you know, mm-hmm. and then I ca- and then that carries over uh, with yeah. the lineage, and that's very fascinating. It's just like the the idea uh, uh, of when Jerry's explaining how their um, whole lineage works very briefly. He's, like mm-hmm. Jerry's just doing, just talking about whatever it is, but like that idea and that concept when you think about it on your own is just like this is kind of fascinating. And like that idea, mm-hmm. uh, and then especially how that responsibility gets carried over yeah. to uh, Will when he, uh, he refers mm-hmm. to himself as Uncle to uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, or also how they name their their offspring, and like how there si- seems to be a cycle. It's like why did you name why did you name mm-hmm. them uh, Zamas? And it's like well goes through all the lists and then yeah, before them was zamas 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the other things. You know, so you have this exploration of, of you know different cultures in terms of um, like what what they consider something to be worthy of war. Different cultures in right, terms yeah. of language. Different cultures in terms of gender. Um, different cultures in terms of parenting. Well, that one actually was a little. I don't know if we could say it's they that found, different. They found, they found some, some common com- ground, there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but religion was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, there's a, a ton crammed into this, and just shows how powerful the metaphors metaphor is for all of these things that people, you know, of course, here on Earth, we will branch off, and it's all about other, right? And this is showing right. how you know you can have a, a creature from across the galaxy, and they're very, very different than you, but still relatable. Um, well, and, how and how like how long it takes? Equal. Yeah, like like never really address like in the grand scheme of things, never really addressing why why does it take humans so long to find empathy with something? Like why does it have to take so many steps? Like, and usually the the steps are like what's the closest thing that is me in this individual and then watches like that gets kind of broken down and um... it, it, yeah it was also it was really interesting uh, like the decisions that they made it, it seems weird, like weird writing at first but if you think about it in the full picture um so jerry captures will but when the meteorites start falling pulls him into the cave right so technically saves his life well not technically does Mm -hmm. will will breaks out of his ties and is like seconds away from killing jerry and for whatever reason decides not to and then uses that as some leverage like hey i could have killed you and i didn't but notice that in in that situation the the drac are the first to show some form of empathy like yeah not letting your prisoner get killed by meteorites and also like prior to that will set fire to the entire like pond or whatever that drag uh that uh jerry was swimming under yeah so mm-hmm. will was trying to not only wasted uh jerry's fuel but also tried to kill jerry yeah and jerry's yep. just like no and fed him he fed yeah. him that weird fucking green bratwurst worm thing which yeah oh god but then notice when when they start (laughs) when they're starting to sit around the fire and talk that jerry is the first one to give a gift to will Mm -hmm. like so you and so it's interesting they're showing to obviously an earth audience um kind of how we are as a people on this planet as a species and here's the species we're at war, but they're constantly showing more compassion I than mean, than, yeah. than we do. And, I mean, and that's and then that, of course, you know, full circle at the end when oh, we're finding you know, out like why the conflict yeah. existed. Like Will's like, well, you guys started war with us, and Jerry's like, no, like you guys kept exploring way too yeah. many planets and getting into situations like we retaliated like that yeah. like this war yeah, is, you invaded us you invaded us essentially because what yeah it sounds Jerry like they says, were showing up staking claim to like this is our planet you know we're yeah, so Earth, you got here, we're gonna statements about colonialism i mean there yeah. is again 
everything is crammed yep. into this movie. Yeah. And the only problem really is today this movie would have been made into a trilogy. You know. I think yeah, it would have been maybe. made into to a streaming service show. Well, yeah, that yeah. Yeah. would have been ten episodes or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you you could yeah. do that with this premise if you because a ten episode show like that gives you chance for it to really breathe. Like you could yeah. you could oh, do yeah. the things we were talking about, like the challenges you would have surviving on a, a hostile planet, um, finding food. You do you could do a lot of that and build this relationship over time. We're given this we're given this a kind of fast forward, you know, greatest hits type presentation. Um, I, I, I would not be against the idea of doing something like that with this story. I think it could be yeah. done very well. But, but once Jerry dies and gives birth... Oh, that, that whole scene. Yeah, it's a yeah. very touching scene. Um, yeah. Heartbreaking. Start, this movie yeah. starts to hit you in the guts, and then it does it a few times. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then with the whole act where you've got Will being a, a father figure... Yep. It just little Zamus, little Zamus, which is some very cute stuff. I mean, this movie does have some really entertaining, corny oh, sometimes, but eighty schmaltzy all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, it's, but it is it's it's endearing in a good way. Yeah, and then you get to the third act. Yeah, which is just like which takes already dark. Like the movie's fairly dark yeah. throughout. Like there's bad, but it, it just skews it hard harder into the darkness. It, like, like this doesn't go off the rails. It like jettisons off the rails in the third act. Well, it, it goes all over the place. It does a really weird thing with it. And it's like I think it would have been fine to go forward with what it was trying to do if it just didn't do one weird thing. And that is kill will in quotes yeah mm-hmm. but then you're like oh he's got shot and then it blacks out and then it just shows will back on the station that he kind of started off on and they're about to like cremate or jettison his body or whatever and then he just yeah. springs back to life and then they just go forward from there but it's just like wait a minute wait a minute how did they find him and how did we get to all these weird steps? How did he fucking survive? Don't it doesn't bother with any of right. it. And he's like, I gotta get back to the kid. And it's just like, why did he have to leave in the first place for this story to go where you still were gonna take it? Which is go So that rescue would come at the end there. <laughs> but I mean he <laughs> could have just a... like so we didn't mention the part of like so this giant scavenger ship that has slave yeah. versions of uh what's the name of the species? The the Drax. The Drax. Uh, and like he's aware of this earlier on, kind of. They touch down. He's warning, uh, Samus, don't do this. And this is all. All this shit happens. But like he could have gotten severely injured, survive, recover himself, and go on a whole Rambo mission without having that whole weird arc, and then contact using that ship's communications to get rescued. He didn't really need. There's True. no need to yeah. show this like yeah. bigoted organization and military. It had it was it's both times is like the worst painful thing in it, this movie. I, th- I I agree with you. Yeah. I think the only thing it serves is it. And again, this could have been done in other ways, but the only thing that you really get out of that, or I did at least, was a demonstration and nothing more that he's now willing to even go against what earth would want to do yeah yeah 
Right, by going to the Federation or whatever the hell they were. It also, um, by giving him yeah. a couple of people that were technically, I mean, I, it, it's not well developed, that are kind of converts to his, yeah. you know, whatever he, it, it uses Will as a potential vehicle for change, which in our, you know, <laughs> two seconds of ending narration we find out is the case. Right. Um, you know, kind of dumped right there at the end, but getting him back integrated somehow into the society that that produced him with his change perspective makes him a vehicle for for change it leaves us on that optimistic note that we may not have had you could have ended the the story with will and zamas with a rescue and but i don't think you could have gotten it to that more grand scale of how their relationship you know jerry and will was the catalyst for ending the war and all of these terrible things that were going on i'm not sure you could have gotten to that place but it's a you, potential you, you could have done so because this this phase of the movie didn't really do a great job doing it. It shoehorned it in. Mm-hmm. And you could have done so with like, say, like I said in this situation, he does his fucking crazy Rambo shit, which would have been cool. Him with a bow going against a whole fucking like mine mining facility of assholes. Just saying. Um, but gets to a point, gets to a communications. First instinct is to contact his people. Stops. Looks at Zamis and the, and and the other captives, Drax's. And decides, like, actually, you should contact your people because I have a promise I need to make. That should yeah. be the first thing. And then he goes to that planet first, and that's the sign of, like, hey, I'm the first human to be here to and tell you I understand and, your shit. Let's and go. That's for why it. this should have been at least a two parter or a trilogy, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have just I, I ended could... there and been fine. It could have just ended with him deciding to, like, I'm not, we're just going to live on this planet. <laughs> I don't want to deal with Yeah, they could have yeah, done I'm that. Not too. the humans back in. Like yeah. this yeah. conflict, is that, I know my people. This is never and... going to end. <laughs> yeah, it, it right. was. Yeah, that's why. Like the third, the third act just is is really nuts, and all of a sudden gets really, really violent. Yeah, yeah. it did. It gets it goes to some really dark places. Yeah, it's... you see a guy well, and... get put through a big grinder. You see somebody melting. I mean, it's it's intense. Yeah, yeah, and the, not to mention the like not only. Um, psychological uh, turmoil but the physical abuse of zam as a child like it's like i don't mean to laugh but yeah it's when when it's like the chase scene and it's clearly like a dummy but they're just like this just flopping around, around. <laughs> throwing him in yeah. this and they're throwing him in that and Dennis, I'm like is he alive that's quaid runs over and it's like a kid jumps up <laughs> like, holy shit his neck broke like 20 times <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who is the who's the quote unquote big bad who only appears in the third act? Uh, oh, um, it is Stubbs. Yeah, and Played his name Brian is James? Bri- Brian James. Yeah, who yep. was in who, who was is... in Blade Runner? Yeah, yep. and he even had yep. the exact same line as he had in Blade Runner: "Time to die." But <laughs> oh, he's yeah. the one who dies. It happened the exact same way. It has all of those <laughs> corny eighties lines you know the shit yeah. talking yeah it's just the yeah it's, it's well, this thing full of it that. fully because fully is an 80s movie in all ways it's got it's got a nice blend of like you know spielbergian schmaltz with uh action and adventure kind of hokiness at points but yeah the the and I, I agree the third act is is a little rough and it feels a little rushed it goes back to what ryan kind of opened with is that the pacing of this movie is really weird so it's oh, really yeah. bad or unenjoyable, but yeah, it's what it spends, how it spends its time, 
and maybe this is a very wise decision on, on Wolfgang Peterson's part is kind of identifying what their strengths were, mm-hmm. you know, coming, coming with a finished film and being like, okay, what, it, what do we want to spend our runtime on, you know, versus other stuff and just really padding, you know, paying attention and building that relationship was the crux of the movie. And, and that was the right decision. I think it's what saves it in yeah. the end. But... It all works in the middle. Yeah. Like even yeah. with its pacings, like like the the time skips, like they felt better. Like I didn't really even notice them. Like I was in the beginning and very very fucking much in the end. Yeah. Where it's just like, nope, something severely happened here. <laughs> like something yeah. fucking happened. Like because even going forth, it's like, how did they find his body but not find the 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 mining facility? And how did the mining facility not be aware? Like you just start scratching your head. Well, they they mention how. And again, I'm just calling them the Federation because I can't remember what their formal name was. But <laughs> yeah. because they were at war... It's called the PTA. With, <laughs> with, the, with the Drax. They, yeah. they, there's a line where they mention how these scavengers um, essentially have had a blind eye put to them. And it's like the fact that they're enslaving Drax to do their scavenging. The Federation doesn't really care. So they know where they are. They just don't give a shit. Well, that that's that is fine. But I mean... The scavengers didn't tell them that, oh, yeah, hey, we have a dead human. Right. And then the scavenger's like, how did you survive? And, like, again, it's like, how are these not aware of, like, like, oh, hey, a ship showed up in our air. Like, none of that. None of that's even fucking bothered with. And it's just like, doesn't matter. Keep going. Like, no, this is too jarring. This is too too much. And and I think... It takes away any emotion that, I, like, the moment you see him get shot and the child's in danger, like, oh, what's going to happen? Knowing just... that this movie went through some really hellish pre-production, yeah. changing mm-hmm. directors, you know, redesigning a bunch of things, but like we said, there's probably some shots that were capped. No, they scrapped uh, They scrapped uh, everything? pretty much everything, yeah. Okay. Well, they shot, they only shot about 30% of the film, but they I think they scrapped all of it. Okay. Well, uh, there so had I... to have been some kind of studio meddling because the, the the pacing of this is so strange. The acts are so uneven. I'm, and and some of the effects are good and some get a little sloppy. I, I really wonder. Like <laughs> nobody stepped in and said whatever. But but then toddler again, a- toddler age Samus like this uh, the scene where uh, they, he's running around with him mm-hmm. on his back or something. It is a really lazy dummy. Like it, it doesn't yeah. even. I, I want. I. That's probably why I don't really get a close up of it. But it's like just kind of flopping around, like you know. It's a... But then again, if you also look at you know Ryan, you mentioned this movie didn't do very well. Um, the marketing for this was another problem. Yeah. Um, which is funny because the movie we talked about last week, Silent Runnings, had a similar problem where they were like, let's just not market it and see what it does. And it did terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and in this case, the the poster, this that iconic poster that I mentioned, which is essentially a redesign of the image behind me of like the two of them looking right at each other. Um, Both gave, with angry face. With angry face gave everybody a very different like idea of what this movie was going to be about. I mean, I think other than the beyond, you know, it's like Gorn and Kirk on the planet, right? Mm. But but they I had a the baby. I think most people expected <laughs> oh God, this movie to kind of be yeah. <laughs> the first, I guess, first act. Is I think that's what people expected this movie to be. Is just oh, these two, you know, they're on the island, they're on the pla- island, they're on the planet together, and they don't get along, and it's going to be this this you know two hours of them 
fight and figuring out how to respect each other yeah instead that's only half the film it's not um, even half the film not I even mean, half the film and then it goes into it, it's kind of like a third of the film i suppose and there's yeah. a lot to learn from it but it it gave people the wrong impression yeah um and so that was that's been attributed to one of the reasons that the film was a, a financial failure well yeah i i will say that the title is called An enemy mine and i i will say they weren't wrong because the true enemy in the end was a mining facility that's true so <laughs> that was the true enemy mine run by humans there you go I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> I made a joke earlier. Let's call them the PTA, and I looked it up. The, the organization is actually called the BTA, so I wasn't actually far off. Oh, wow. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And also, but considering. I was, oh, I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, one, because when I was looking at that, I noticed one line in the Wikipedia that says, like, after Davidge is gunned down, one sentence later a bta control ship or patrol ship finds davidge apparently dead and returns him to his base uh space station i'm just like did we not get that scene or did wikipedia go like no it jumped so fucking weirdly we had to add that in i have a feeling it's somebody just assuming because no that that scene is not there unless there's like a different cut of this film out there that has it all right yeah that, that scene's not there yeah he just wakes up on the funeral line, which, which, by the way, in a different movie, that funeral, the funeral conveyor belt scene is is really really funny. Um, yeah, it is. Really it's good, good funny sci-fi thing. It yeah. just seems really out of place in this movie. It is. But, yeah. I but think they one, could have just fucking the, had that happen on the fucking mine ship if they wanted to have that joke in. Yeah. Like yeah. like with the burying of the brother with the the arrow in the in the throat that could have mm-hmm. just been how they treated it then. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, so like this little, one little wreath dispenser and everything they had. So. Yeah. This one cost seventeen million to make, and more than forty million when you factor in marketing. Well, and they yeah more than forty million also because they spent eighteen million on yeah. the version of the movie initially that wasn't that they scrapped and, so. And the opening weekend holiday season, it only brought in a little over twelve million. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I and then this is on the Wikipedia page that talk about how it was actually very successful in the former Soviet Union, um, huh. Huh. which is kind of ironic. Well, um, where it was the maybe. first Western sci-fi film shown in theaters and gained a cult following. Wow, didn't realize that. That's hmm. interesting. Yeah, especially with question. its you know its messaging and yeah. Weirdly enough, I can probably see why this worked out in the Soviet Union. Because a majority of the movie is, hey, hey, look, white space American uh, realizes that his enemy has a lot of great traits, and in the movie joins enemy civilization. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could read it that way. From I mean, yeah, uh, and it could just maybe. be like you know, white American pilot is dickhead most of the movie too. Like that is uh, yeah, <laughs> space American. He's very yeah. much space American. Also, how many yeah. people of color were on that fucking space station? I don't know. It looks fairly populated in the little bit we got to see of it, but yeah, because I was trying to think about that. It's like, is it all just white and compared people? to the size of like the yeah, uh, compared to the size of the um, fighter ships, whatever they were, that's a fair. That was a pretty large space station. Like, we're we're not talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So. weirdly designed too. <laughs> uh-huh. Just a giant 
hole in the middle for no reason. They yeah, like he, the way that he he blasted his way out of that uh, arrow. <laughs> like yeah. Arrow just like blew a hole in the side of it. <coughs> I mean, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. people were getting sucked out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just imploded so easily. Like, oh, shit, Terry. We really got to fucking reconsider like what we make our doors out of. It was that fucking easy. Like, yeah, a little, a little tinfoily. Yeah. Not only that, like it's so thin, and like even the thought of it, like okay, uh, this is uh, you know vacuum of space. This is a pressurized thing. I imagine they would go into a loading bay, depressurize and launch. Right? No, it's just like a garage door, and it's just like and it's like oh look, all these things are being sucked out. And like I think it would have happened regardless, even if they opened <laughs> up that fucking door. If anything isn't fucking velcroed down, it's going out the fucking chute. <laughs> Yeah. it's moments like that that like this movie i thought the majority of the movie was going to be that like from the beginning bringing up the special effects like the practical effects and such uh prior to like seeing the rest of the planet like just the space battles and shit like okay this is corny sci-fi i'm gonna get a lot of laughs out of this and it's just like oh my god this movie's quite good and then go back to the space station and go be reintroduced back to that shit and then like, oh, it's out of place now, but I still enjoy it. But fuck, is it out of place? It's 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 kind of ruining what could have been a really good movie. <laughs> um, it's conflicted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, I think, a, a lot of. Overall, I do. I mean, I guess I'm kind of getting into the final review. Yeah, as we, we can, probably oh, we should. Go oh, there. Yeah. It's time. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll just jump on it. Um, sure. Honestly, it, yeah. this one it's it's kind of uh, it, 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 there's almost a, an '80s Disney feel to this one. I mean, it's yeah! very PG-13. <laughs> um, it it kind of reminds me of the the how far you know Disney films would go for PG-13 back then, or the equivalent of yeah, um, T- Touchstone maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an early Touchstone type film. Uh, the pacing is really uneven. Um, but at the same time, the story and the performances are, are good enough. The effects are, especially the creature effects and makeup effects are good enough where it really, I don't want to say it completely overshadows the, the faults because the faults are rather significant and technical. Um, you know, like f- fundamentally how the story is told is a bit of a mess, but the story is really, really good and just amazing like you know we do a lot of this we talk about movies that were made decades ago and say like how does it hold up today the message on this one holds up phenomenally well today um Mm -hmm. intolerance not only that acceptance and understanding yeah Yeah. but in in doing so they could have just gone with they could have gotten that whole like you know intolerance and trying to overcome it with one of the stories in this they could have just had the relationship between jerry and will yeah but instead, they also then threw in, as you mentioned, um, you know, being an adoptive parent to a mixed race child <laughs> or, yeah. a, or, or a child of the race other than your own um, and how you have to talk to them about it. It was just about the the fears of parenthood. Yeah, uh, they brought up non-binary and gender issues. I mean, it's just like I said, they cram and religion. They cram everything into this. Um so it's a bigger story than it really needs to be um 
unfortunately, it's bookended by a little bit of some, you know, Bullshit. third act's a bit wonky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first, the first, the beginning of the movie with the dog fight was okay, kind of, as you said, you know, unnecessary. Uh, but overall, I, I really liked this one. I was glad to go back and revisit it, and um, I don't know why I didn't remember it as well before because it's really a movie worth remembering, um, and it's it's definitely worth a watch. So it does have some flaws. So I'm actually going to go with a uh, just a solid B on this one. I think it's like it's a B movie. It's got some really really good qualities, but uh, it's a little rough around the edges. Cool. What do you think, Ryan? It's going to be a very, uh, if not the exact same kind of review. Like, yeah, so the, the beginning of it isn't really necessary. You could have just started the movie, like, from the moment that there was a crash and that he sees a one friend die with his last words being, don't call the girl that I have a crush on fat anymore. It hurts your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you needed <laughs> evidence that damage is not like, you know the yeah. greatest guy in the world but um she lost a lot of weight i'm like i don't think that's what should make them stop calling her fat but okay uh, right. <laughs> like that could have like that whole beginning could have been dropped and the end could have been kept in a different way you just didn't need the whole space station plot you could have just had like hey i'm fighting fellow humans who are enslaving people and go forth with that like you could have kept that bit and been fine with, with the core of what you've got going on for you know standard movies like this kind of conflict but the whole uh, human space station shit and dog fights is just thrown out the window but what's left is a pretty i agree with joe a very memorable kind of solid important movie that if it's a crime that this hasn't been revisited and isn't one of these properties that's being like redone because this is this is exactly the kind of property that should be getting the reboot treatment like something that didn't quite uh, meet expectations back in the day but has something very potent and powerful that means something even more nowadays than it even did back then and it has a better chance but it's it's uh it's not a safe option like star wars star trek and and so forth unfortunately so it's never going to get the light of day um but the fact that it, it still does exist you, you don't need a reboot of something to enjoy something right so mm -hmm. this is here this existed this performance uh especially uh done by um jerry's at what's jerry's actors i'm sorry Louis Gossett uh, Jr. Yep. Thank you. Uh, uh, I had a moment where I couldn't pull up the window and find his name. <laughs> um, the performance was fucking phenomenal. Like, his range was great with this character. And under such uh, prosthetics, there's actually a scene um, when my partner came home that, like, they're sharing with one another where uh, Will's calling him, uh, like, an ugly head. And uh, they have that back and forth, and and Jerry does that weird chuckle. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how my fiance laughs, like <laughs> in every way. That <laughs> that's what happens when she's really tickled by something. She has like five different laughs, but like this one of her core ones that I just love. So it was that weird moment where I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like exactly. We call her lizard laugh. Uh, and, um, I mean, Drac now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Drac, it's a Drax laugh. 
that might have a different we like guardians of the galaxy so that would have a different context for us uh i can't say jerry laugh but um it's one of those things like when you get to these moments with the family the unconditional love for the for a friend's child that that weight that you can really it's one of the fucking moments that you feel like oh yeah dennis quaid can be a good actor (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like he was really fucking selling it i think this is the best dennis quaid thing ever uh, which is crazy because it starts off with classic douchey Dennis Quaid, um, and I think that's, that shows the testament of like like just the middle part of this movie being like just a solid beautiful chunk of wonder surrounded by cheap chocolate shell. Like it is a solid B movie. Like like Joe said, that was exactly my same sentiment even well well before he even said it. Like I was gonna say the exact same thing. It is a solid B. I don't know too much to add to that. I'm going to um, pretty much have the many of the same thoughts. But if you've been listening to this show, you know I probably won't manage to keep it short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, this is, it's a good, really enjoyable uh, movie. It's got its problems. Um, I, you've pointed out all of them, and I agree with pretty much all that you say, so I, I won't dive back through them. But yeah, with the pacing and, and the book ending, essentially... But yeah, the the central solid story, the you know what this movie's really about, like the guts of the movie is is pretty fantastic, and I think uh, you and you, Joe, you brought up like you you can test this against you know modern um, thought and conventions, and I don't think there's anything here that doesn't pass the test, like which is rare in a film made in 1985, maybe, mm-hmm. um, because even like you're you're talking about the making fun of the the girl for being fat or whatever it was just really a characterization moment for davidge more than anything it's not like um it's not glorifying that in any way i don't feel like so this is yeah it's it's pretty not only is it good stuff but it's pretty rare in 1985 because as we know because we've been watching a lot of movies from that time period um, <laughs> yeah yeah so can it be uh it, it's 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 very enjoyable it's it's also very 80s even the good stuff it can be kind of uh kind of schmaltzy and uh <laughs> um but it's a good piece of 80s sci-fi I, I like it a lot the effects for the most part are really cool and creative um it's all about lewis gossett jr's performance uh he's he's really really great in this movie yeah um but yeah, I'm going to land right there with you guys. This is, this is a B for me. Um, and I thought maybe that was a little bit of nostalgia, but I think revisiting it and kind of working through even some of its faults, I think I think it's worthy of that score. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. And I, I really dig the idea of doing a, a remake or somebody doing a remake of this as a, like, a longer series type format. I think it could be, mm-hmm. the, the concept could be really well or translate really well to that format. And nobody could accuse it of being woke. Like, oh, they changed the story because of... <laughs> yeah. No, like, it, it was yeah. pretty damn woke for 1985, even for today. Absolutely. So. What do you mean? There was no such thing as woke things prior to that's right 2020 like it's all these liberals have caused this whole problem. That's, that's, There's yeah. never been yeah. this issue ever in the history of ever. But right. if you, our listeners, would like to uh, <laughs> complain about it being too woke, uh, or have any other questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms about the film or uh, our review, please feel free to share those with us at videojunkierpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at videojunkpod, and you can find us 
on Facebook on the main Video Junkyard podcast page. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, please come and visit us over at patreon.com slash Podcast and sign up to be a member of the Video Junkyard podcast family. For just a small donation, you'll have access to patron-only posts, uh, uh, exclusive subscriber-only content, and voting power to help us uh, pick movies to watch on the show. So if you have any ideas... Um, Head over there and check it out. Donate Anything you donate does go directly back into producing the show. Um, whether you do that or not, we do hope you will join us again here on the Video Junkyard Podcast for some movies. Uh, coming up next, we have a couple of weeks of martial arts films. One uh, from the... One a little more recent, one from the 90s. We're going to be uh, checking out The Man with Iron Fists and Fist of Legend, I believe. Um, so... We'll uh, see how check those out, and we have a uh, probably about a month's worth of uh, audience picks coming at you after that. But I haven't actually like gotten them all ironed out of where they're going to sit in the schedule. So we will let you know in the coming weeks what we're going to be looking at. So, and so we hope you'll uh, definitely return and join us for those episodes and other upcoming episodes as well. And if you enjoy the Video Junkyard podcast, please feel free to uh, share it around and tell your friends and neighbors. Uh, and alien races that you're at war with. <laughs> and until next time, this is the Video Junkier Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Saskel saying... So you still think humans are ugly, huh? Compared to a drac. Very ugly. But that thing out there... It's even more ugly than you. <laughs> You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>